welcome to Land Life, a podcast for North Coast landholders by North Coast Local Land Services. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, work and play. From Bunjalung, Gitable and Gumbangia country in the north, to Yagel, Dungari and Biripai country in the south, we pay respects to the people and elders, past, present and emerging, across all the countries on which we work, and extend that respect to Aboriginal people listening to this podcast. Pigs are often seen as the solution to a lot of generic household problems when you live on the land. Known for eating anything, they can be seen as a waste disposal unit for household food scraps. And yet, this practice poses one of the biggest threats to the $5.2 billion Australian pork industry. Pigs are high-risk animals for exotic diseases, including foot and mouth and African swine fever. Feeding pigs table scraps, also known as swill feeding, creates a high risk of disease outbreak. Local Land Services district vets and biosecurity staff support pig owners to ensure they have access to the information they need to avoid these problems. In today's episode, district vet Jocelyn Todd talks with Nick Shembury of the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries on pig biosecurity with a special focus on swill feeding and the risks it poses. I'm Jocelyn Todd. I'm the district vet with North Coast Local Land Services based out of the Grafton and Coffs Harbour office. And today I'm having a chat with Nick Shembury, who's a policy and project officer within the Animal Biosecurity Department at DPI. And her role tends to focus on smallholders. How are you going, Nick? Good, good. Thanks, Joss. Are you able to describe what your role is and what it involves? A lot of the work that I do and I have been doing for the last 15 years or so is engaging with and supporting smallholders quite generally. A lot of my work has actually focused on pigs and um, pig health and pig biosecurity. So really looking to support people who live in peri-urban areas, but also in regional areas who have um, small holdings or small numbers of stock, helping them with their animal health and their biosecurity practices. What is important for you from the DPI's point of view in order to educate those smallholders or what do they need to comply with from your guys' end? For us in both DPI and LLS, the number one thing for us is that, you know, people are aware of what they feed their pigs Pigs are omnivores, so they, they'll tend to eat, you know, almost anything. Um, so really what we try and encourage pig owners and producers to feed a commercially available food, um, you know, or product that is suitable for the age or stage of development of the pig. We also understand, you know, that people like to supplement the pig's diets with fresh food. So we need to ensure that any food that's provided to pigs doesn't contain any prohibited pig feed or swill. Now, just to give you, um, I guess, a bit of clarification of what that is, those terms can be a bit confusing. So prohibited pig feed or swill is essentially meat or meat products or anything that's had contact with meat. Meat can carry some serious viruses for pigs, such as foot and mouth disease and African swine fever. While we don't have those diseases in Australia, if meat, for example, is, is brought into Australia either legally or illegally, it's possible that that meat could have those viruses still in the product and so therefore feeding meat to pigs could in- introduce those diseases to Australia and it would have quite catastrophic uh, consequences. Swill feeding um, or, you know, prohibited pig feed, it also includes things like cheese and bacon rolls. You know, people like to get, you know, the old rolls from the bakery, for example. So even if you pick the bacon off, it's still considered uh, as prohibited pig feed product because it has had contact with meat. 
And it also includes the storage um, containers that the food is kept in. So if you're collecting food scraps, for example, in a container that, you know, once upon a time held meat or a meat product or a sauce that had meat in it, the food that you put in that container now could be contaminated and it's also considered swill. Joss works closely with a number of small pig farmers to keep an eye on biosecurity. We visited one of these farms and spoke with Scott Graham to find out about how he manages biosecurity on his farm. Thanks so much for having us, Scott, and for making the time to talk with us. You run a free-range pork farm with about 45 sows. 24. 24 sows. And, you can um, find another 24 for me, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, and you have a biosecurity plan in place for those. And I was just wondering if you could talk to us about why you have one, what it involves and what the benefits are for you as a producer with that. Apart from the fact that it makes a massive amount of sense to have one, um, given, you know, especially the threat of um, African swine fever on our doorstep, you know, it makes good commercial sense as well. But it's also part of our APIC certification that we that we have one. We're only a small farm, we're well out of the way, so we you know we don't get a lot of visitors, but it you know gives us the, the rules by which we know how to feed our animals, how to move animals around and how to manage uh, visitors when we get them coming to the farm on that odd occasion that people do. What's involved in your biosecurity plan? Is it a formal written down on paper plan or is it in your head? Like a biosecurity plan is really made up of, it's not like one document that says this is how you do things. So the movement of, uh, of animals to the abattoir using the NBD system, you know, we've got the slapper that's got our pig number on it and every time we move pigs, which is every, every fortnight to the, uh, to the abattoir, we have a stock movement sheet that we have to fill out. We know that um, after our van or our truck has been to the abattoir, we do thorough clean-out of it before it comes back to the farm. We buy our feed from a reputable supplier and we know what uh, ingredients are in that feed. Um, we, we only have one, the one feed type, um, which I guess reduces some of the potential for, for getting the wrong things in there. Um, and I guess just, just you know, knowing what those, the rules around swill are. And we then we have the security around the farm, which we have now for the most part double fencing that um, prevents wild pigs from, from entering the farm, um, which we have had from occasion, but we've managed to sort them out. But um, yeah, so I, you know, to, to my way of thinking, there's, there's several records that we have to keep, which is the transport of animals uh, when we get visitors and, and how we treat visitors and making sure that they don't bring any diseases onto the farm and also what we feed our pigs, knowing the, the origins of those um, and, and coming from a reputable supplier. So it's almost a series of best practices that you're implementing rather than a formal plan as such. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we have our APIC diary, which you know is part of that quality assurance program. We get audited externally every 12 months and uh, the criteria, and it's not just biosecurity, but uh, biosecurity is a big part of it. Um, it's, you know, it's also the animal welfare part of uh, AP because we are certified free range. So we've got to meet all those um, animal welfare criteria, but you know, that gives us you know, an external party reviewing our practices every 12 months, which also includes them getting from Norco where we get our feed from uh, a declared sheet of what um, that goes into the feed 
So what is APIC and APIC accreditation? It's run by the Australian Pork Industry. It is the Quality Assurance Program. We go up to Buyong Abattoir, which is a certified export accredited certified abattoir, which means that there's pigs that go there that get slaughtered that end up going overseas. Even the part of what we get charged is if we don't have a quality assurance program, we get charged extra uh, per head to have a quality assurance program. APIC is certainly the, um, well, it's managed by the industry governing body, um, being Australian pork. And it's just a, a set of criteria for us to be able to, um, to show that we've got a quality assurance program. We have to meet very strict criteria so that we can use it downstream uh, around the commercialisation of our pork to use a little pink label that says that we are certified free range. What's the cost of being in that program per year for you? We get a, a MSA accredited auditor to come, generally they come from around Toowoomba, being the closest place, so we pay for their travel uh, and there's, there's a fixed fee for having the audit done. So. For us, because there's not many other pig farmers, but they try and do other audits when they're down here to you know, split the cost of the travel and the accommodation. It costs us about $1,600 a year. And apart from a reduced cost of getting them slaughtered at the abattoir, are there other market access benefits from that program for you where you can sell your products to? Well, it just says that we can use the pink label, which you know has, has an intrinsic value to it for the probably more um, uh, educated consumer around the difference of how pigs are kept. Mostly, you know, people are looking at the animal welfare aspect of it. Not so much the biosecurity part to it, but definitely the animal welfare because the difference in the life of, of a pig between an indoor uh, piggery and an outdoor piggery like us, and, and we're true free range, because there's, I think there's a couple of different types of free range, is immense. So none of our sows uh, get put into to, uh, crates um, when they farrow. They're truly out in the open from birth to the time that they leave the farm. Yeah, great. And you can assure people of that by having that APIC sticker. Yeah, so we have to apply for that and we get an annual licence to use that on all our marketing material and on our website. So for people that look for it, so like where the chicken story was probably what, 12 months, two years ago, there's three classes of free-range chicken. There are different classes of free-range pig. So there's bread free-range, where they get bread out in the open and then they're moved into a uh, deep litter sort of um, grow-out phase. Um, that's still classified as free-range because it's called bread free-range. And so what we try to do is just talk to people about what true free-range is, um, as, as opposed to other types of range marketing material that's out there yeah it's all part of educating consumers as to where their meat's coming from to round out our story on pig biosecurity joss caught up with jessica Locke, a biosecurity officer with north coast local land services to get some clarification about some of the rules what is a pig pass and what is an nbd so a pig pass and NVD are both very similar documents um, and they're movement documents um, that must accompany pig movements um, and the movement also must be recorded on the pig pass database within 48 hours of the movement. To get access to these services, you'll need to register with the pig pass database at australianpork.com.au. 
So both these things are really important steps um, in maintaining the integrity of the National Livestock Identification System, or more commonly referred to as NLIS. So this system allows the traceability of animals from their property of birth right through to slaughter, um, really giving meaning to that whole paddock to plates um, slogan. This ability to trace where animals are moving to and from is extremely useful in the event of a disease outbreak or a residue detection. Um, in the event of an outbreak of an exotic disease like Jocelyn spoke about earlier, the NLIS system will allow us to trace where the disease has likely come from and where we may expect to see it pop up, meaning that we can get control on the spread and ideally prevent major interruptions and financial implications to the industry. With New South Wales as Australia's largest producer and exporter of pork products, it's critical that we protect the industry. Pigs can be disease hosts and multipliers and biosecurity is critical to their care and production. We've put some links in the show notes so you can get more information. And if you'd like to speak to someone about caring for your pigs, regardless of how many you own, you can contact local land services on 1300 795 299. This podcast is jointly funded through North Coast Local Land Services and the Australian Government's National Land Care Programme.